and welcome to another episode of the Miles Offside Podcast, where we talk a little bit of football and a whole lot of nonsense. My name is Oscar Puente, also known as Footy from... Also known as Footy from... Oh, God damn it. Remix! And with me, as always, is my co-host, Chuck Bailey and Ian Stimson. Happy New Year, gentlemen. I was so excited to do this intro that I stumbled over my words. It is so good to be back. That you spaffed your pants. 2020, baby. <laughs> new year, new year. Yeah, 20, 2020, the year of hindsight. Full 2020 hindsight. You uh, you say new year, new you, but I'm pretty sure you made loads of mistakes last year and 2018 as well. There's enough... Uh, Cutting room floor versions of Oscar's That's intro. True, actually, yeah. New year, same old shit. Yeah. Yep. This is our third calendar year recording and uh, our second decade calendar decade recording. Yeah, Isn't that exciting? Two decades now. Yeah. There you go. Claim Brave new world, gentlemen. This is my fourth decade that I've been alive for, which I don't like at all. 80s, 90s, zeros, 10s, and 20s. Oh, fifth decade. Oh my God. It's the fifth decade I've been alive for. Well done, maths. Yeah. I was going to say, because I'm up to four and you're older than me, so... <laughs> yeah. Okay, I don't like that. Let's move on. How was the break? It's Ian's 17th. I was so. going to say, you're not going to miss that open goal, are you, surely? Nah, you know, new year, new me. I'm not going to... I'm going to lay off the old jokes Bullshit. a little bit. I'm not. Can I just Can I just clarify <laughs> that not, I yeah. make no promises to change anything about myself? Good. Perfect as you are. So, uh, good holidays, gentlemen? I mean... Not really. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's a very good reason as to why, because uh, obviously we've been away for a little while now, and we had many plans to record. Unfortunately, uh, the spate of norovirus <laughs> ravaging this country uh, struck down struck down both myself and Ian uh, in in sequence. <laughs> Ian for about a week across actual Christmas, weren't you? Yeah, it started um, Boxing Day night. Oh, so you missed the real holiday at least, which is nice. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, I had a Christmas day and. Boxing Day, when I felt it sort of coming on, but yeah, the that night was something I'd rather forget. And then I just haven't, I've been out of action for a good week afterwards. So the whole thing's just been a bit of a mess for me, really, literally. Start off the year losing some weight, not a bad way. I sort of, yeah, I did actually. I mean, that's the thing, I've, I've come out of the other side of Christmas weighing pretty much the same, which I'm going to take as a win. That's pretty good. Problem is now, uh, you can't really rely on that as a crutch to say you're still holding on to some uh, some Christmas no, weight. I've got no, no, no you just, excuses. You're just fat. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, mate. No worries. Don't worry. I'm right there with you. Yeah. Speaking of Boxing Day, how was the... You guys got a goal rush, right? Didn't you get a whole crazy feed of all the matches on Boxing Day with the Amazon affiliate link and whatnot? Hmm. The problem is the pundits... Really, isn't it always? Who was on it? On, Wasn't wait, it on Robbie, Robbie Savage? Oh yeah, the lead singer of that boy band. What? Hey, uh, Savage Garden. Never mind. No, Robbie Savage. I was making a joke. Don't worry about it. Just cut this. It's a stupid. <laughs> Jesus joke. Christ! Truly, madly, deeply, the worst joke I've heard on this podcast. Hey, <laughs> I saved it. Now it can't get cut. Thanks. <laughs> wow, Savage Garden. That's really hitting the. Hitting the references at the height of their topicality. Yeah, Adam probably doesn't even get that one. He's like, I was all born yet. Because he sounds like a baby. Right, yeah. yeah. Anyway, it was good. But yeah, the the pundits, it feels like they got to settle into it a little bit. The pundits weren't great at describing. It felt like they were trying to do a Soccer Saturday job of describing what we were seeing. But it's like, it's okay, guys, we're seeing it. You know, you can just sort of do a commentary job. But yeah, was- but watching multiple matches at the same time in stunning 4K, and I was expecting rave reviews from you guys. You really must have been feeling bad that day. 
It was good. It was good. I, it's the future. It's still the future. Don't, it's get, good don't get me wrong. And, and, and now Amazon and BT have done that. BT have been doing it with Champions League. I don't know how long. Have but they? there's been a few. And uh, I can't remember. James Horncastle's on it. Oh, always yeah. when they do the Champions League. And uh, and there's there's two two other kind of football journalists, uh, experts, whatever. Right. And they hop about and actually show you the action. Yeah, so oh, okay. it'll go uh, on the bottom. It'll have all the scores, and yeah. then it'll basically highlight to say there's been a goal or a red card or something. But it won't tell you who it's for or what the outcome is until they finish what they're doing to then cut across. Okay, and then they yes, yeah, so oh, that sounds a bit better way. put together maybe then. Yeah, structurally it's quite nice, but um, I mean, Sky really are looking slow now, and with the fact that Amazon have uh, Amazon have done it twice now really well. I mean, they've got limitless funds. If they fancy it next time the rights come up, Sky could get absolutely fucked. Because they just, the Premier League are going to be, if the Premier League don't want to retain all the rights themselves and start doing it themselves, which could happen, they could start selling it themselves, mm. um, then then there's no reason Amazon couldn't take the lion's share of it next time, without a doubt. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and once that cat is out of the bag, there's no putting it back in. You know, like now everyone knows what it can be. No, it's hard enough getting a cat in a bag. Um, once it's out, they kind of they learn from their lessons a lot. Have you seen the uh, new Netflix thing? Uh, you, you don't fuck with cats. Don't fuck Actually, with cats. Yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely don't put a cat in a bag. I know, Jesus Christ. I mean, that's how it all starts. You'll have some scary woman judging you. Jesus. Go watch it, Netflix. It's a really, it's a really light-hearted thing. Fuck Great to watch me. with your kids. Yeah. Also, if I can throw in a nerdy recommendation, The Witcher was real good. Right. Do any cats go in bags in that? Yeah. No. Um, but there was, there's a few weird creatures and whatnot. And a bard, my favorite thing about the show. I don't know if you guys have seen the memes, but toss a coin to your witcher. No. Yeah. (laughs) Means nothing to me. The five people who've watched Witcher will appreciate the reference and everyone else will be like, par for the course. Savage Garden, The Witcher, Tick. What's next? Yeah, Yeah. all right. Uh, let's go ahead and... podcast still, right? Yeah, let's move away from you guys judging me and let's move to us judging... The football teams, because what we are going to do, there were many matches that happened between now and the last time we recorded. While everyone, hopefully you all, were enjoying your holidays and we were dealing with medical issues as well as watching a lot of football, um, we figured it wouldn't really make sense to try to talk about every match from every team, obviously. So what we're going to do is go through the big six, quote unquote, plus Palace, because Chuck, we love you. Plus Leicester as well. I mean, we've got to include them now, haven't we? Yeah, I didn't go- I didn't write down any numbers for Leicester. I don't find them interesting in any way, so yeah, we can okay. if you want, but I'm going to f- just oh, wing it. I assumed, but okay. <laughs> no, that was silly of you. Anti-Leicester bias from Oscar is it's been mean, a few times now. It's, it's whatever. Mm. You know, if you sort by expected, they're, what, like seventh? Yeah, but why don't we try sorting by points? Yeah, 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 yeah. We could do Oscar that. Oscar doesn't like to live in reality. I'm he likes to live in a fictional to universe. Tell the listeners, what we're going to do. God, it has been a long time. <laughs> For, Jesus. Did you forget how annoying I was. Sorry. What's yeah. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> okay. uh, it's good to be back. Um, <laughs> so let's just run through them in backwards order that they are in in the table, which means that we're going to be starting <laughs> off not with Palace, as you might expect, <laughs> but of the big six plus Palace, the team in the lowest position is the one and only Arsenal Football Club. <laughs> Adam, Adam P, welcome back to a world of pain. Come on, they got Arteta now. Everything's going to be great. And they're firmly, firmly established in the Big Ten. (laughs) Yeah. So let's just, uh, I'll throw a couple of the numbers and then we can talk about some other results quickly. 
Uh, here's a before and after for you. Before this holiday fixture period, they were in 10th, 13th unexpected. They are now in 10th, 12th unexpected. So they moved up a little bit. Progress. Yep. They were seven points behind fourth place. They are now nine points behind fourth place. They were seven points clear of the relegation zone. They are still seven points clear of the relegation zone. <laughs> Consistent. And the really good news for them, honestly, is they were 3% to get relegated. That's down to 1%. Oh, that's the Arteta effect for you. Yeah, there it is. And they were 3% to make fourth place. They are now only 2%. So either way, not happening. Um, how are we feeling about Everton? Hang on a minute. Whoa, whoa. Sorry. Oh, sorry. I was looking <laughs> at the fixtures. How are we feeling about Arsenal? Um, we could do Everton as well. Everton Everton counters, like, they're in 11th now, and they've got bloody Carlo there. Uncle Carlo, he of the eyebrow. Are we actually going through the big 20 now? Yeah. No. yeah. <laughs> rapid, rapid, rapid fire, whole league. Yeah. Arsenal's four fixtures, they got 0-0 at Everton, 1-1 at Bournemouth, 1-2 versus Chelsea with a big loss there, and 2-0 versus Man United with a big win there. Yeah, but... Man United, of course, do not win against teams below them in the table. That is true. So, that is true. So that's that's just how it works. Yep. All of those scorelines are pretty much spot on, by the way, in terms of XG. So, yeah, that we expect them to be shit. Like that's not. That's there's not a hard. there's a win against a nominally big club in there. Hmm. In seasons past, yeah, maybe, but I don't know. I think it's a good thing that they got rid of Emery, of course, but they. The whole getting back an ex-player darling kind of syndrome, it, it just feels like a massive poison chalice for him. Especially because, of course, they then start tweeting all the videos of him in training and acting exactly like Pep Guardiola. And you're like, you know, trying to get the Arsenal fans to think they've got another one. Um, and I think naturally there will be a bit of a boost for them because, you know, they shouldn't be this shit. Like, they just shouldn't. With the players they have, albeit their defence, but you look at their attackers, they they should be banging in way more goals as well than they have. Um, it's not really great to say that they've you know they scored twenty eight goals. It's not not much when you've got Aubameyang, Lacazette, and obviously Nicola Pepe coming in now. Um, but yeah, it feels good that they are one point below Palace. <laughs> yeah, I think your point about the we play each other next as well. Real six pointer, Adam. <laughs> six pointer, love it. Mid table six pointer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think your point about the strikers is really good. They're attacking talent because I was kind of a lot of people were saying, "Oh, Arteta's going to come in and he'll find the balance." And he hasn't really found a solid lineup yet. He's been mixing around a lot, moving players in and out. But I think that showed the most against us, against Chelsea, um, because we were there to be had. They scored early and they could have dominated that entire first half at the very least. We were all kinds of out of sorts. Uh, Frank got the tactics wrong in that one. And instead, they scored a goal and they barely did fucking anything at all for the last 65-ish minutes of that match. Um, and so we were yes. able to like very comfortably come back into it. We yeah, won the game, we won the battle on XG, left, all that. Hugely let Chelsea back into that game. I remember yeah, watching absolutely. and just thinking, and it was, that was good. Obviously, we'll, we'll, you know, Chelsea will come up later and I'm sure this topic will, but, you know, Frank actually changed something after the, wasn't it about half an hour in that he brought yeah, Jorginho exactly on? Mm-hmm. And so if you're going to make a positive first half substitution like that, it's showing that you actually finally seems to be like learning from the mistakes and not just kind of doggedly sticking to the same thing, uh, which is which is a real positive uh, for Chelsea. And, and it did change the the way the game went. Um, that Arsenal did just kind of 
let them back in, but it's more that I think Chelsea have more going for them than Arsenal, so yeah. it's just kind of naturally going to happen. I just like we we conceded two against Southampton, and you would think that Arsenal, with their attacking talent, with an early lead, and us kind of at sixes and sevens at the back, could do something to push on. And instead, like they totally didn't shoot, didn't do anything for the last hour. So I think that's like I don't understand how many people keep coming, how so many managers keep coming in and not finding ways to get more out of that attacking talent. Like they last year they overperformed and we talked about it a bunch. But since then they've really come down and I don't know where the hell those goals are like going because you would think that all of those players would have way more g- happening. Yeah, and they're not they're they're massive draw merchants as well, but I mean the on the goals front like I mean Aston Villa have scored one less goal than them. Wolves are two ahead, and then obviously above that you do have the rest of the top six and Leicester. But there's a huge gulf in it, it kind of ramping up because you go up to Man City who are on 56 goals and Arsenal have scored 28. Yeah, it's insane. Uh, yeah, and you know the number of draws they've got is nine, so nine out of 21 games, which is huge. But that means then you've got you've got like Burnley have won more games than them, Newcastle have won more games than them, Southampton, Everton, Palace. Um, they've got the same number of wins as Brighton, West Ham, Aston Villa, and that's where you know they sh- they should be going more for games and not kind of relying on their non-existent defence and trying to go for those points. And I think it kind of shows that this whole respect the point rubbish, and we will come on to that with the next team because obviously my team is shit. Um, <laughs> Is crap because you know you look at Arsenal there and you think oh well yeah we've we've only lost six games out of twenty one but you've drawn nine which has meant that you're tenth and you're not you know right. you convert you convert three of those to wins you lose three of them you know you're, you're three points better off which is then a couple of table places yeah absolutely and, and so this kind of misnomer of not really going for things like it's worth three times as much. So you can lose, you know, if you've got three draws and you lose two of those games where you're going for the win, but you win one, like you've, you're at the same point anyway. So you've not really got as much to lose. Right. You may as well actually go for it, especially in the position they're in. They need to be seeing positive progress attacking football because they just cannot rely on their dog crap defense. Yep. And I think the thing that's really telling to me is that they're, the team immediately above them on expected goals is Brighton. Oof. Yeah. Like, woof. And at this point, they, they're they only, like, we joke, but they're 1% to get relegated, 2% to make top four. There's nothing that can possibly happen that's going to do anything for them, really, in this season. So they should just be like, like, why are they playing for draws? Who fucking cares? You're going to be in 10th anyway. Mm-hmm. Like, try some shit out and get a head start on building for next season. Do something. I don't understand. If I, like... We've talked shit about Arsenal all year. I hate them because I'm a Chelsea fan. Whatever. But like genuinely confused as to what the fuck they're even trying to do. Mm-hmm. And like what it what it just seems like a lot of shrugging. But the um the feeling on I don't know, the sort of Twitter sphere of which Arsenal fans are fond, um, does seem to be positive. I mean, as in for Arteta. And like there there were it's only one match because obviously the previous match, as you say, they failed to close out a game they could have against Chelsea, but they were good against Man United. Um, they were genuinely good against Man United. Yeah, yeah, they they were. And, you know, Arteta's only been in there, what, what are we talking now? Two, three games? I can't... 
three yeah I it's think. a couple of weeks which will be three, three games yeah, yeah so i mean we've got to sort of reserve judgment slightly i mean he might he might do that he might use the next the rest of the season as an experiment um, I guess that's fair. Yeah, you that's know, a good so we we should probably just hold back slightly on that because previously we were talking about an Emery team and he had no clue what he was doing in the middle of a match. So yeah, that's true, you know. and, and I can see why Arsenal fans would be happy just to finally be rid of Emery. Like, yeah, I didn't honestly. We it turned out great because I love Frank Lampard and Chelsea's doing well, but I was just fucking happy to be rid of Sorry one way or another. Yeah, so exactly. I imagine so it's a lot of the there. same vibes. Yeah. You know, mm. uh, if we want to give these guys a grade. From like A through F or whatever grading system you guys over there use? Is it also A through F in school? Yeah. Uh, I don't think it is anymore, but oh, is I it don't know we're too oh, old. Oh, yeah, to they're know numbers. About that. For the actual exams, they're numbers now, but fuck, everyone knows. Yeah. A, okay, a everybody knows. Okay. Yeah, so what do we want to give them? I'm going to say for myself, I'll go first. I'm going to give them a solid like C. They had a good result in there. They're not any better or any worse off than they were. Where are we go? Where are we? How far back are we going for this? Sorry, four, four games. December, yeah, yeah so December they drew, they drew against Everton, drew against Bournemouth, lost to Chelsea, won against Manu. That's right. Uh, that's a D. You reckon? Yeah, that's four. That's what five points from those five four from games. Twelve, yeah. Drawing, drawing against Bournemouth, Everton before they got Angelotti, then they just had Duncan Ferguson. So you should be able to get something there hmm. and uh, they completely capitulated to let Chelsea back into that game yeah I guess losing to a rival does have to bring them down a bit yeah I'm and fine in beating Man United doesn't mean anything I mean we've beaten Man United this year so <laughs> we haven't but anyway I was gonna say C with you know possible green shoots of recovery but yeah I'm, I'm perfectly happy with D as well five from 12 isn't great for a previous top four team is it yeah <laughs> All right, let's move on then to Chuck, your beloved Crystal Palace. Uh, a little bit of the before and afters here. They were in ninth, 17th unexpected going Ooh. into the holidays. Yep. Uh, they are in ninth and 16th unexpected, so slightly moved up the expected table. Hey, progress. <laughs> uh, they were six behind fourth place and eight clear of relegation. They are now eight points behind fourth place and eight still eight clear of relegation. Uh, and God they bless went, all these teams being shit. Yeah, really. It's a good year for that. Uh, <laughs> oh, 6% yeah. to get relegated now, only 4% to get relegated. So slight improvement in a lot of important uh, areas for you guys, but you're also kind of in that weird mid-table quagmire of not much going on. Mm. How did I, you I, feel your window went? Well, across the festive, because we're, yeah. not, we're not getting into transfer window. <laughs> no, 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 no sorry. Window. I meant like the window of games that we're talking about, the holiday I period. Mean, I don't live in a high house, but I will throw myself off it. <laughs> Like, <laughs> um, I just genuinely think that this season, in this kind of quagmire, like we, if you look at it in a vacuum and if you just look at pure points, yes, things are good. However, I think there's probably only fans of four teams who are probably genuinely satisfied with how their season is going right now. I think if you're a Liverpool fan, obviously. However, because they're so pessimistic... They still don't think they're going to win the league. Which is hilarious to me. That's so funny. Unbelievable. Um, Leicester, because obviously who'd have thought this, that they were going to get to see this kind of performances out of a team again? Because, you know, you have, what, five, six years ago they won the league? Five years ago? Uh, 15, 16, so it would have been four years ago. 15, 16, so four years ago. They've got, I think there's two, three of the same players in that team. 
as as was back then. And yeah, almost none. All of a sudden, they're still back into like this kind of position, which is insane. Their so recruitment they should be really happy. is amazing, and part of that genuinely is driven. Like you talk about Leicester and Liverpool; those are the two teams with the biggest analytics departments in the Premier League. And so, to me, it's not that surprising that they're overperforming. Like they're overperforming by a ridiculous amount. But when you put in good work and you have smart analytics people get in there, you're going to get every tiny little bit out of every. It's that point. money bullshit. Yeah, exactly. I watched that film the other day. It's a good film. There you go. Um, and then, and then I think the other two probably are Wolves and Sheffield United. Uh, Chelsea fans are happy. I can definitively say that Chelsea fans are happy. It's a good mood all around. I think you'd be. I think it'd be a lot happier if kind of Tottenham hadn't kind of been allowed to creep up and you didn't have that run where you won something like th- haven't you won like three out of the last nine before today yeah it was one in five and then yeah that that's why I don't think overwhelmingly it will be positive right now but then the other two are Wolves and Sheffield and then all the other teams because obviously City are going to be hugely disappointed Man United Tottenham Arsenal and then every other team below that will just be like well we can see how close it is that there are so many marginal gains there that would mean we're, you know, we're not in the position we're in, and it almost seems like too many teams are just cordially just going like, no, 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 you get relegated first. No, <laughs> please, I insist, you lose the points, and so that's why I think that you you look at Palace's structure and it's very even. It's seven wins, seven draws, seven losses, consistent, bang, <laughs> twenty eight points from twenty one games. So end of the season, you're looking at that's about a 52-ish points, I reckon, hmm. which is fantastic. Highest points total ever. But you look at the last run of games where we're getting like draws to Norwich, draws to Southampton. And uh, against West Ham, you know, we get that win. But in every single one of those games, we went, oh no, apart from Southampton, sorry, we go 1-0 down. And then it has to be much like Emery under Arsenal. We have a crap first half. We do nothing. You know, something like three shots on target in the last, or one shot in target in the last three games in like the first half. Yeah, of a game. It's been pretty dire the first half of the matches for you guys. Going forward, absolutely awful. Like genuinely, if you ranked all of the teams, out of chances created from open play, we're last. Out of goals, we're last. Total shots, we're last. Shots on target, we're last. <laughs> Dear. And so you then couple that with the fact that goal-wise, we're actually performing pretty much exactly our numbers of 19. Yep. And you're not in last for XG. No, but our defense is overperforming by 10. Oh, dear. (laughs) So the next down from that is Leicester at like 7.8. Then you've got 5.5 or 6.7, sorry, for West Ham. But it's just so wild that it's... And it's... A culmination for me of uh, we're kind of back to the Hodgson thing again, right? Of this repetitive, not having a second game plan, not really changing anything. When you do, if you do make subs, it's the same again. You know, Oscar, you were, if you were to name one substitution for Chelsea under Maurizio Sarri, it would be around the 60th minute mark, (laughs) Kovacic comes on for Barkley, or around the 60th minute mark, Barkley comes on for Kovacic, right? Yep. Incredibly frustrating. Well, we just have that in every game. But unfortunately yeah. now, those players who are part of the usual sub-rotation, which would be like Schlupp for MacArthur, maybe Kuyate for MacArthur, MacArthur for Kuyate, they're all just gradually getting injured. So yeah. we've got, I think we've got 10 first-team injuries, uh, 11 now if you count Maya. Um 
caveats on two of those because of Cahill and uh, someone else that I think is about to come back uh, just evades me right now. Hodgson is moaning about that, moaning about fixture congestion, moaning about the fact openly and has been doing for a long time. We need four to five players. This is what we need. And specifically saying the owners need to get the money and pay for these players. You've got all of those four things going on. You've got the fixture congestion of playing two games in 48 hours, but then you still don't make, you make one sub in a game and that's after 80 minutes. Yeah. You've got, Attacking players that you're just hooking and you're not trying to play anything different. The, the players that have been signed just aren't playing. You bring in these youth players and go, yeah, we're going to have a lot of under 23s. Just play them. Take the kind of Rafa Benitez approach of going, right, if we're in a bad situation, let's just target games. In the other games, let's rest people. Let's rotate. Let's actually try something different to try and build up that and kind of blood these players because it's worked well for us in the past. Um, that kind of approach and especially that's the one thing that's nice is that Brandon Pierrick is is coming through who's you know obviously it's going to be built up more but could potentially be like the next Zaha Amal Mambasaka style local boy coming through but if you're just making these crap substitutions bringing off attacking players to bring on another central midfielder it just gets really boring and this is what all of the stats are showing that we don't have anything going forward. You know, God bless Jordan Ayew because we'd be screwed without him. And when when Wilfred Zaha doesn't play for us, it's the same as how Barcelona, you can see, it's just messy. The, the, right, the, right, the exact, right. Of course, I'm not yeah. being arrogant to the same level, but we, I mean, we just play in the same colour. That's about as connected as the teams are. I mean, Zaha's but, never lost a Champions League final. Uh, yeah, neither have I. Chuck has never, you've never lost a there Champions League final. There you go. There you go. And, and so it's the same kind of syndrome that it's, we don't, we rely so much on one player that when that one player is not there or we try and do something else that the team is just kind of lost and it's it's depressing it's because you look at that table and you see ninth and you think i should be happy right now yeah. but then you look back at all those lost points all those teams we've let come into it and the fact that potentially with within two games you know it's a, it's a lot of chopping and changing but we could just drop down to 16th which is where we're expected to to be anyway right so I guess my question to you is, do you think that that's like genuinely just bad management because he's old and set in his ways and whatever else? Or do you think he, like managers, Mourinho most notably, I think, but other managers as well have done this thing of like, okay, you don't want to buy me players? Fine. I'm just going to like be stubborn and show you how much we need more players. I think that's what it is. And I, I, it's an incredibly dangerous game to play for everyone involved, for Hodgson, for the players, because these injuries are just showing that. I mean, yeah. off, the top, off the top of my head now, um, Van Arnholt, Ward, Dan, Cahill, Sacco, uh, Jeffrey Schlupp, uh, Max Meyer, Luka Milivojevic is now suspended for three games, potentially more for violent conduct. Benteke's out, Townsend's out. Um, Wickham's only just come back from injury. Tompkins has only just come back from injury. So that's 12 people right there. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, there was that stat about how like the Premier League averages in every month were like 42, 48, 51, 43, and then December was 84. Mm. 
And it's like that fixture congestion thing is just like wildly unsustainable. So you guys are just another victim of that, like a lot of other teams. Yeah, and we got we did get lucky. I think last year we didn't we survived a lot of the festive schedule and it and it worked out. But but I think what you said is actually absolutely right. I think it's it's kind of got to a game playing mode, and it it won't work because I, I think these are more than rumors that the Americans who are who own thirty. Uh, 30- Four percent, I want to say, of of Palace, maybe a bit less. Uh, they want to sh- sell their shares. So, if you've got owners that want to sell their shares, well, there's not going to be money. Yeah, they're not going to. The invest. other owners aren't going to put in money to make up for that unless they're going to buy them out. They're not going to invest more of their own money because they want out. They're they're done. Thank you very much. And you need to be in a better position than this to be able to to say to to prospective buyers to come in. And so I just think it's a very silly, dangerous game to play that it should be looked at from more of a humble kind of way. And I think Hodgson's contract runs out this year anyway. So at the end of the season, so are they going to want to back someone that potentially they're not going to keep? Because I don't think Hodgson can really take us further forward than he has. Right. I don't. I don't think anyone truly can look back at Hodgson's reign and say it's such a bad thing. However, when you have the kind of troughs where it seems a bit like at the minute it, it just doesn't seem sustainable and and yeah that's all right well let's give them a grade in a second so we can then move on to the next team but just very briefly we do have an award to give out so cue the jingle oh they're better than they ought to be burn my out for the week crystal palace are the Burnley of the holidays match, <laughs> single match. I didn't run all the numbers all together, but <laughs> in the 1-1 versus Brighton, which yeah. congratulations on not getting dicked by your rivals. We didn't get dicked, and they apparently played really well. Uh, yeah, the they, XG yeah. was 0.5 to 2.5. So you guys were pretty lucky to get a draw there, because you pretty much very strongly deserve to lose. So <laughs> Burnley of the holidays. That um, was... Good times. Let's give them a grade. I, I'm, I'm going to go B here, I think, even though you you seem very pessimistic as the insider view mm. on it. I think they're in a better place than they were before. They're still solidly mid-table, and I think that they're projected for their most ever points total. So they didn't fall off the rails, you know? They're still, like, if they were 17th unexpected and they're still in 9th, then they didn't fuck up royally to me, at least. I think ultimately, you know, as much as I've said everything there, you have there is the kind of you have to step back and look at it in a vacuum you look at the results because if we start if you start going into potentials and possibilities then you know you could easily say that that's like d or e because you know you see the results against norwich southampton other other kind of teams in and around us not that good but to kind of come out the back of that still be kind of in this position of ninth we got a few we've have got some tough games coming up which is crap but you know, you could I'd say like a C, maybe. Yeah, I'll go along with that. You'd probably you'd have probably expected six, maybe seven points from that run. You got five, but like like Oscar says, your league position. No, I, want, I, wanted, I wanted eighteen points from that run. Oh, I see. Right. <laughs> <Five> <laughs> <games>, yeah, <laughs> bonus points. Yeah, I think there was another comfortably. I think with kind of better game management, I think easily there was another. What a win against! I think there was another seven points there. To be yeah, you could have you could have won against Norwich. Against Norwich, yeah. Or uh, no, actually, I think Norwich Norwich were the ones where it was like we got away with one there. I think we let Southampton uh, back into the game. It was one point six to one point four. 
we were comf- yeah, but they were hammering us towards the end of that like for ages in that game. Mm. It was okay. ridiculous. And Puki had another offside, uh, onside, offside goal. Mm. Um, there was about four in one game week, I think, and then yeah, four armpit, the next. Uh, the weekend of armpits, I was calling it. To no one at all, but... <laughs> to yourself. Yeah. And Newcastle, we were comfortably better than them. And obviously, Miguel Almiron scores against us, obviously. <laughs> yeah, 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 Why yeah. wouldn't he? Why wouldn't he? Mm. All right, let's move on, though. Let's go to the next team up the table of the ones that we are talking about, at least. And that is Tottenham Hotspurs. Before and after, they were in fifth, going into the holiday fixtures, seventh on expected points. They are now in sixth, so they dropped a place, and ninth on expected points, so dropped two in the expected table. Uh, They were three points behind fourth. Remember, famously, I was very nervous because if they had beaten us in that first match, it would have been us in fifth place. Uh, They are now six points behind fourth, behind us. And the big number for me, they went from 34% to make the Champions League spots all the way down to less than half of that, 16%. Wow. Wow. That's surprising, actually. To run through the fixtures, I guess, since I have them on here, uh, it was the first game was a 0-2 loss versus Chelsea, so that was at the Tottenham Stadium. 0.3 to 1.5, we thoroughly dicked them. Or dicked isn't the right word there. We thoroughly destroyed them, tactically, (laughs) emotionally, every possible way. 2-1 versus Brighton, 1.0 to 1.1 on XG, so a little bit lucky to get the win there. 2-2 2-2 at Norwich. Uh, horribly unlucky That's, there because oh, it was 0.3 to 1.8. And then 1-0 at Southampton. So losing to Southampton, 1.3 to 1.1. Pretty bad run of fixtures. Only one win, a draw against Norwich, a loss against Southampton, and a very bad loss against Chelsea in mm-hmm. probably their most important match of the season so far. I'd, I'd say so because if if – that's the kind of direct competition that those three teams have got. I mean, Arsenal are trying to play catch-up right now to, to that group of three, right, massively. But whereas Tottenham had a huge chance to go into touching distance with Chelsea or being equal points, if not ahead of them. So it just seems strange. I mean, I can't remember exactly which. What was Mourinho's first game? Was it versus Burnley or versus Man United? So, no, West Ham. West Ham? Oh, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, so he had a bit of a good run uh, at the start, obviously, and had some positive results, even though they were like three twos. And just we we said at the time, you know, this team is going to concede goals. It's going to take him a while to to get that sorted. But now, obviously, Harry Kane's just done a hamstring. Hongmin Son got sent off again for... Violent conduct. Yeah. That guy should have gone military service. Maybe he needs it to behave himself. <laughs> He's being a naughty little sausage. That was so petulant. He just kicked into Rudiger's ribs for no reason. Ah, oh, don't talk to me about petulant red cards after today. Fuck's <laughs> sake. <laughs> oh, yeah, we saw the first uh, going over to the side of the screen. Have a look at the uh, uh, side of the pitch, sorry, and have a look at the screen. I know we're not going to go into too much on VAR because what's the point? Because, but I'm fucking sick of it. And <clears throat> for the second year in a row, they put VAR in some games, but not others. The so, FA Cup, yeah. So again, yeah, in the FA Cup. So again, you're playing one competition with two sets of rules. That's not fair for anyone. It's not consistent. That's ridiculous. Yeah, I agree. But so any any kind of like deeper thoughts on Spurs there in terms of like, we, you know, they started off really brightly mm. under Mourinho and that seems to have sort of tailed off a bit. What you alluded to earlier with the way that Hodgson was doing things Mourinho-esque is do you reckon he's kind of saying, look, I need I need money to, to help this out. Look, we've just lost Kane. 
Fucking early to be doing that, isn't it? That's a Jose season three move. Kane yet again with a long-term injury. Well, his hamstring. His hamstring this time, yeah. yeah. The uh, Just since we're talking about Swiss, I guess. Anyway, if I was Harry Kane, I would... I don't even know. I'm American, so like we litigate everything. But he should really think about how much money he's losing to injuries in the later stages of his career. Like the Spurs medical staff and his mismanagement by the, that team, by the coaches and by that medical staff, is taking years off his career or especially years at a high level of his career. He's going to have to settle for like one contract at the MLS level versus the English level, probably. Later stages of career, though, can I just say, is a bit... <laughs> he's 26. Yeah, Fuck. but I'm saying, like, this much... He's His body is older than 26 years old with all those injuries on it. He's going to retire early. He's going to be one of those guys who, like, at 35 is done. Yeah, and and at this rate, he's not he's not going to get a big transfer anywhere. Like, that's it. No. Yeah. Now, because no one's going to want to bank on that. Millions and millions of dollars in future earnings that he has lost to the way that they just never rested him properly... Like all of the injuries are a lot of them are were manageable or avoidable. It's not like he got hurt, you know, in a brutal leg break type yeah, tackle. Yeah, I don't think he's he ever just, been like seriously clattered or anything, has he? Yeah, exactly. And they just never ever gave him time to rest, never gave him any sort of management at all. That's a total sidetrack, but I just and I don't even like Harry Kane, but I would be so fucking mad if I was him that we have yet another muscle injury. I think the big fixture for Spurs is the Chelsea one. Right, like the other ones are bad losses and bad draws, but if they had won that, they'd still be three points behind, and they'd probably be in the like thirty to forty percent to catch us type of place. Yeah, I think because I th- before we went into this uh, festive period, you could have probably said nine or ten points you'd have expected out of those four games, other than Chelsea, decent fixtures. Yeah. Instead, they got four. So I mean, if you, yeah. if, if they'd have got ten points, say. They'd have, obviously it messes up because well they'd have been ahead of Chelsea because Chelsea would have had the three so Chelsea would have been on let's assume they would have drawn or whatever then you'd have been they'd have leapfrogged you so it's yeah by a lot we'd be like six points behind them yeah exactly so I mean they've they've really really missed an opportunity there with those they must have looked at those fixtures and thought love lovely little period to sort of really bank nine points they've just totally shit the bed on it. Yeah, and they've got a real mixed one for the next six because they play Liverpool, Man City and Chelsea. But not in a row. But then in between that is Watford, Norwich and Villa. You know, if they don't perform in some of those games and, you know, the teams against uh, the games against Liverpool, City, Chelsea, they lose them. They could they could be well off the pace. And does it not feel like the wheels are falling off Jose even earlier than usual? I do have thoughts on that specifically. I think that if the Chelsea match had come last at the end of those... Yeah. They probably would have gotten the type of results that you would expect against Brighton, Norwich, and Southampton. The fact that Frank so completely and utterly won the tactical battle against Mourinho, I think that really kind of shook them a little bit. But is this just is this the team in the shittest condition he's taken over from? If you see what I mean, um, has there has there been a team that's been in a kind of worse shape? Because Tottenham, you know, let's not forget it was all infighting. Um, players wanting to split out from the club uh, because of transfers, rumours of obviously sleeping with other players' wives, Pochettino kind of losing the dressing room over from f- f- fatigue. Is it? Is this kind of one of those ones where it's kind of got to get a bit worse before it's actually going to properly get better? Because I don't know how much of this you can actually, as much as you know, I'm happy to pile on to Jose, I really am. 
I don't I don't know how much of this is him just trying to resolve it or actually his fault. I think they're going to have a big window, just given his history at other clubs. And the fact that they brought him in, they have to know. Daniel Levy must have promised him so much. Must have done. So the nearest comparison in terms of the teams that he came into, because he went to Real Madrid, he went to Inter. Like Those teams were already well established. Mm-hmm. When he came to Chelsea, we were coming off of that year with Rafa Benitez. And the atmosphere at the club was unbelievably toxic. The fans was were just it mid, booing. Was it mid-season or? End of the season. End of he the came season. in in the See, summer. That's, that's a different situation as well. It is. But the difference maker when he came the second time to Chelsea was when we went out and we signed Fabregas and Costa. And immediately, the year after we signed them is the year still that a team has spent the most days in first place. We won the first match and we were level with Tottenham in game week three. And then every other day of the entire season, we were in first place all the way through. And so if he can get that same kind of backing of just like one or two pieces that click in, it doesn't have to be like an entire squad revamp. But if they can ship out Ericsson, they can get like a good central midfielder that goes in both ways. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think that like that's genuinely the type of situation where he could thrive. And if they don't, then yeah, it's it's yeah. Always good to hear a, hear another Chelsea record brought up that's going to inevitably fall. Always good. Have they been in first since day one? Uh, week two. Week two. So maybe not. We were only not in first for like three days. Because we were in first from the first week and then there was like an overnight where Spurs played and we hadn't yet. So we weren't in first place. Ah, uh, gotcha. Um, F minus to Spurs? No, it's not an F minus. I mean... I, I genuinely think it is. They're half as likely to make top four. They had such an opportunity with Chelsea dropping the points they did. They lost the biggest game of the season so far. Yeah, for them. but to me, F- minus means it could not have got worse. And it, it still could have been worse. I guess they did beat Brighton. Fine. I, so so what are you saying? A D? Uh, was it worse than Arsenal? Relative. Yes, it was worse than Arsenal. I'm going E. Do you guys actually have E over there? No, we don't, skip no. it. No, no, I don't think so, because I think it just goes A, B, C, D, you're shit, you failed. Okay, well, um, we're at about the halfway mark right now, so let's take a quick break, and uh, we'll come back. So we'll see you guys in a little bit. Welcome back to Miles Offside Podcast, where we've been talking the big six, the real big six, and Arsenal uh, for the festive period <laughs> and how they've gone. Uh, we've done three of them down. Uh, we now move on to, yeah, this isn't very exciting to talk about Manchester United. Um, Oscar, give me some numbers, I guess. Yeah. I hate okay. Man United. I really hate them so much. <laughs> I'm with you, but here's your numbers, sir. Uh, we got the before and afters. They were in sixth place coming into the holiday festive period. Third place on expected points, actually slightly above Chelsea. Um, now they are in fifth place, so they moved up one spot. But they are in fourth place on expected, so they dropped down a little bit. Is that regression to the main? Yes. Um, yes. They were four points behind coming in, and they are now five points behind, so they lost one off of Chelsea. And they were 16% to catch us and now 14%. So pretty much actually basically the same place that they were. Um, two losses against Watford and the big one against Arsenal. And then two fairly decent 
to slash strong wins. 4-1 against Newcastle and 2-0 against Burnley. It's Newcastle and Burnley, though. There's an asterisk <laughs> on those two. Yeah. And losing to Arsenal, that is... None of the XGs were particularly far off. I mean, obviously, the 4-1, no one actually generates 4 unless you're Man City, so it was a 2.0 to 1.0, but... <laughs> That's the Newcastle effect. Yeah. Actually, the 2-0 loss to Watford was pretty harsh because it was 1.6 to 1.5. Mm, but they've been resurgent as well. Yeah. Shout out to Watford. Shout out to Watford for sure. Nigel, Nigel Pearson coming in and doing his job. They're all just shit scared of him. Any genuine thoughts on Man United here? I hate them really uh, quite a lot. I did enjoy the like what Chuck said earlier about them only being able to beat teams that are above them. Wasn't there that thing of um, new when Newcastle went one nil <laughs> up? It meant they leapfrogged Man U, yeah. so then they could beat them four one. That was I had that in my head when I when I was when I said it originally, and I just Brilliant. couldn't. I love that. Think of which one it was, but yeah, they they do, and it's so weird because. You either see that front three and the way they play as just clicking massively, or it's just nothing really. They don't; they're still not solid defensively. They've just got ricks in them all over the place, really. They really do. I don't know, and and it's just like Solskjaer, doesn't he? Now he's got like the lowest win percentage of any Man United manager or some rubbish. It's the worst start to a league, to a Premier League season, or like bad yeah i think they're just not a storyline because like basically arsenal and spurs and they're hugely benefiting again like if it it doesn't take much for just two or two teams like if tottenham and arsenal weren't being them this season like you could easily see them out of 21 games you know we spoke before about arsenal with all of their draws like you change six of those draws to wins that's another 12 points, and that puts them at 39, which is the uh, fourth, sorry. Tottenham could have a few more in there to put them up to about the same amount. And then easily, like, Man United could, could be behind. I know all of this kind of caveats across because potentials and blah, 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 blah. Shut up, nerds, before you come at me with your numbers. But <laughs> a preemptive is, strike to the nerds yeah, there. Yeah, this is this crap. Absolute crap. And there's no reason to get. There was no reason to get Solskjaer in. Um, obviously, he had that ridiculously fantastic run up until that PSG game, and then just since then, it's been dire. Do we think he is um, going to be happy when Pogba finally goes, so he doesn't have to talk about this injury? And do we do we think Pogba is a genuine disruptive force there, or does it? Is it bigger than that? It doesn't even matter. That seems to me a case of young black athlete with lots of money and isn't a timid personality. Yeah, there is there is a lot of him kind of being attacked, um, and a lot of a lot of undue like you know the links that just get made everywhere. I mean, I do love that there's there's a meme of always anything bad that's going on. There's then just the picture of Graham Souness where it goes, yeah, it's really bad that the public are voting, but ultimately, you know, Popwood's got to be doing more. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I do love all of those, but it's undue. It's It's been... Okay. I think that's symptomatic, though, of the way United have been run for a few years. Since Fergie, really? Yeah, because they just collapsed and didn't know, and obviously Woodward is a, is a tosser. Um, <laughs> that, that there's no image because it's just like right Pogba big money let's get him in there's no yeah. thought as to how the team's going to build and go forward or, or do anything like you know the, the loyalty and that kind of protection element is gone 
now in football. Oh, 100%. Like, it's, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. so rare with, uh, I mean, I don't know, the only one that I can think of most critically to mind at the minute is Southampton, which shout out to Southampton for this festive schedule because 10 points out of 12, that is phenomenal. And against hard opposition too. And the faith they showed in Hassan Hootal is incredibly refreshing and great to see. And, and we said it at the time that after that loss to uh, Leicester where they got humiliated, they then had quite a few more losses in a row, I think. But you watched them play and it was like, no, there's this just isn't, it isn't going to stay like this. Yeah. It isn't. Um, and they showed the faith in Hassel, it will turn it around and then, you know, go on that fantastic run uh, they've done to climb up to 12. So, so fair play to them. Um, but it's just, I mean, I, I love this as well. That it's like my favorite player in the world, Jesse Lingard, like, you know, highlight videos <laughs> of 2019, zero goals, zero assists, like fantastic. Yeah. But that's without making this a personal dig, that's a player that that team goes to on many, many occasions that plays consistently, has also captained the team and has provided zero attacking returns for an entire calendar year. Yeah. For Manchester United. That that player shouldn't exist. It should he shouldn't even be on the periphery of that squad for, for what they are. The difference of the Ashley Young one, you know, four years ago in the stands at Watford because he couldn't get in the team, then captain it, you yeah. know, the levels of it taking that regression, but without seemingly building any sort of foundation and just going, uh, Pogba, uh, Lukaku, uh, Alexis Sanchez, uh, Ibrahimovic, yeah, um, like they are suffering from bad management at the top, uh, from the uh, for the team, like it's and to go back to. Pogba for a second like as a obviously I hate Manchester United I'm a Chelsea fan and, and as a right thinking human being I just hate Manchester United everyone should yes <laughs> yeah <laughs> but like I am a fan of Paul Pogba and I have been since he was at Juventus since he was like really young I wrote an article in like 2014 begging for Chelsea to sign him just looking <laughs> at his numbers and stuff and when I think about he's 26 now which means that he was 23 when he went to Man United, went back to Man United, I should say. And that those are three like very important years in terms of the progression of a footballer. From 23 to 26 is when you're supposed to like find your feet and that's when people make the jump from elite talent to elite player. And he's wasted those years at Manchester United. He's never they didn't build a system around him when he was clearly the most talented player there. No, and they should have from the start. Really. And they should have from the start and they didn't. And now he's Wherever he goes, because he's going to leave, he, like Harry Kane, has lost a lot of value, has lost a lot of development, and at 26, he should, Paul Pogba at age 26, should be a Ballon d'Or nominee, and instead he hasn't played almost at all this season. No, you have three years of being rubbish and not being able to play at Man United and doing whatever, and then plays a major, major role in winning a World Cup in the middle of that. Exactly. And I really hope that, like, one of the European powerhouses, be it Munich, you know, even Juventus getting him back with Ronaldo over there now, or either of the two big Spanish teams, like, are smart enough to realize that that's more Man United's fault than it is Pogba's fault, and that he deserves, like, a 200 million transfer or something insane, because he's that good of a player. And so, as a football fan and a fan of him, it makes me sad to see him going to waste at Man United when they could have done so much more with him. Like, just the untapped possibilities there. It would be like if we signed Hazard and then just, like, 
rotated him in and out and never did anything to build a team around him. Like, fuck are you doing? He's world-class talent. Yeah. Or if you just kept selling all the players that you bring through and then having them come back to bite you in the ass when they play for your rivals. I don't know. But this feels like the new normal now for Man United, and it's it's going to take some getting used to for people like me who, I think I've said this before, when you when you come into watching football, like the teams and, and stuff remain fixed in your head. For me, Man United were the dominant force when I was a kid. Yeah. And it's and they're so far from that now. So far. And this has so, been, so, so far. Yeah, and this has been, and it's been like it for a while now. It's, you know, it's since, essentially since Fergie left. Well, no, even before then, really, because he saw it coming, didn't he? So it was, I mean, it just seems like this is it now. They've just got to accept that this is where they are now. Yeah, I mean, what? He retired in 2014, right? 13-14 was his last season, which means that it's been six years, more than half a decade since they were any fucking good at all. Yep, and then you have, you know, his recommendation to come in, David Moyes, who, you know, he's now bounced around many clubs and is now back at West Ham, but who is for some reason seen as being this kind of firefighter guy of setting up, you know, saving teams from relegation and what have you. But the reason he was known as being a good manager was because of the amount of years and the gradual process he had at Everton, which is why, you know, Ferguson wanted to get him in. And also he was in a a similar mould to Ferguson. You know, if way back in 1990, if if Ferguson hadn't won the FA Cup final, he was pretty much on the block. Yeah. Like, gone, because they'd done nothing in, I think that was his fourth season. Yeah, talk about a sliding doors moment. Which, hugely, and obviously Palace then would have won the FA Cup. But, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> thanks, minor things, thanks, yep. <laughs> with thanks to Alan Pardew. Were you think. alive for that? Uh, it was 1991, yeah, I was I was alive for that. Okay. I was four months old, but I was alive for that. Yeah. So it's your fault. The glint in the milkman's eye. Pretty much, yeah. Um, but yeah, this, enough about Man United. Yeah, they okay, suck. so let's just give them a grade so we can move on because we actually ended up F. talking about them a whole bunch. F, F for the window, F. Uh, I'm going to say D. Uh, the 4-1 win against Newcastle prevents it from being a total F for me. It's Newcastle. No, look, Newcastle. They, they didn't move up in their probabilities of making the Champions League when they definitely could have because we dropped a bunch of points. But they also didn't get worse. They're basically where they were. The story of everyone. Yeah, yeah basically. Yeah. Uh, speaking of, let's go on to my team. It is now time to talk about the one, the only Chelsea football club. The uh, pride of London. London is blue. F. Never forget F. it. Uh, well, let me at least like put the things out there and then you can say F because you've already made up your mind. <laughs> uh, coming into the f- holiday fixture, festive fixtures, period. The tinsel window, I think we're calling it. Tinsel window? Is that actually a thing? No. Um, no. I would believe anything. You guys have <laughs> hundreds and thousands for sprinkles. like Yeah. Or is it millions and thousands? Hundreds and millions? No, it's hundreds and thousands. Hundreds yeah. and thousands. Hundreds and thousands. Hundreds and thousands. Yeah. Okay. hundreds and millions, that wouldn't make sense. Just jump in a... <laughs> I guess. Well, uh, he likes Fahrenheit as a temperature system. Oh, God, I mean, let's not get into let's, that. Yeah, let's not. So, Chelsea, fourth <laughs> place, fourth unexpected coming in. Fourth place, third unexpected coming out. Three points clear in fourth place. Now five points clear, so they built up a two-point lead. Uh, 54% to make Champions League, now 63%. So Hmm. I think definitively in a better place than they were. And mixed results, but two very important wins against huge rival clubs. And both fully deserved, like not Burnley of the Week type situations. 
Um, they outplayed Tottenham from minute one tactically and up and down the pitch. Tottenham just could not get anything going in that match. Mm-hmm. And then against Arsenal, they started off poorly. And then Frank was able to, you know, recognize that there was a problem, that he got his tactics wrong, make the correction. And then they came in and they dominated after the sub. Um, and so, yes, we lost to Southampton, which is embarrassing and bad. Bad, bad. Very bad. And only a 1-1 draw against Brighton and a deserved 1-1 because it was 1.6 to 1.6 on XG. So Many like, bad. Those two results are bad and embarrassing, yes. But to me, the other two matches were the much more important ones, especially in terms of like preventing there to being an actual top four race. Mm. You know, if we had lost to Spurs, like who the fuck knows what the rest of that fixture period yeah, would Yeah, but I mean, if you, yeah, but especially when you couple it with the four losses out of five before that, that mm-hmm. you know, you convert a couple of couple of them and you're up you're up with Man City, you know, yeah. and then you're you're laughing, you know, your your percentages of top four go up to probably 70, 75, 80 percent. Oh yeah, for sure. Um when you're when you're then eleven points clear at fifth. It wasn't great, but we're still in a better place than we were and we got two huge wins against our two biggest rivals. Mm. So I'm not like I'm in, I'm pretty happy with it. Yeah, I think that's that's the kind of important thing there as well, that it was against those teams that were close to you because if you switch around a couple of those fixtures, you know, you can get the same number of points, but all of a sudden you've got two more teams that are right up on you. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the the sort of, I don't know, mentality aspect that I talked about before with Spurs where if they come into the holiday fixtures having beaten us and then being like, yeah, this is our fucking chance, let's go on and do something here. That's a very scary situation to me. Do you think that was Frank targeting those games specifically because it no, was I don't. Tottenham and Arsenal? No, I don't. I think that I think he still has issues with rotation. I think when he's forced to rotate the squad, it throws off the balance. I think he got a little too cute over the break there because the tactics worked against Spurs. We switched yes. to three at the back. Three at the back? Yeah. More of the old Conte type system. Um, Pulisic, frustratingly has not played that much over the fixtures. There's talk that it's a hamstring type of thing. There's talk that it maybe isn't at all, and that's just fake news. Who knows? Um, but I think he he targeted the Tottenham match very specifically because we are not in the League Cup, so we had a full week to prepare for that. I think that the system that he chose and the way that we played worked unbelievably well, way better than anyone expected. I think you got – Ian, especially, I think you'll remember I texted you when they announced the lineups, and I was like, this is either – a genius, like, stroke or a huge mistake, and we'll see what happens. And then the game started, and I was like, oh, wow, this really does, like, perfectly counteract everything that Tottenham does. Um, And then I think that he took the wrong lesson from that, which is that not that, oh, three at the back works, but rather you want to curtail or you want to cater, I should say, your tactics to the opponent. So we went into the Southampton game with the exact same system and i believe the exact same lineup maybe one change um and it was bad it was really bad because like we didn't have Jorginho, and like we didn't we were set up to counterattack and defend against southampton whereas when we play southampton we should have a different formation and a different system than when we're playing spurs right um and likewise for arsenal honestly because their defense is not scary and so to sort of concede ground the way we started off the match with again three at the back like, yes, they're a big rival type club, but you got to look at their strengths and their weaknesses. And I think he recognized that 30 minutes into the Arsenal match. And from there, it was good. Yeah, that feels a lot more of a positive 
uh, because we were saying for so long that not making any changes, not trying to do anything um, in in those losses and, you know, way back when you had that one win against Villa um, and I think a win in the Cup. It was around about the time of the Champions League game. So obviously there was fixture congestion even more than uh, for, for Chelsea. But it is nice to see that he's he's kind of learning from those those lessons and and being humble enough just to know right this isn't working this is exactly what we need right now we have the perfect weapon on our bench to be able to play but the problem is now is that if he starts to revert back to that way then do you not worry that then it is kind of obviously it's not the same style of play but it's coming very Sarri-esque again that everything ends up going through Jorginho and something that a lot of teams found success with was if you double up on Jorginho and take him out of the game is then you pretty much nullify the whole team. Uh, I don't, I'm not worried about that at all really because the difference isn't so much that like we're trying to use Jorginho as a focal point in ball progression because he's the ball, he's the best ball progressor on our team passing wise. So of course that makes sense that we're going to use that. Like it's a strength. It's the tactical freedom of the other people around him to do stuff that makes it much harder for teams to target him specifically and and stop just him which then stops the whole team like when he has Kovacic or Mount or Ruben when he's back playing next to him those are very very good ball progressors by dribbling when you have Willian and either Pulisic or Hudson-Odoi playing in a very free system the way Frank does as opposed to Sari, where it's like this is your job stay right here like, there were games where if they targeted Jorginho, not even Hazard could make stuff happen in the Sari system. And now, like, that's, you know, it's still a problem. Like, I still think we need a second person who's a good passer in the squad. Um, or I should say primarily a passer as opposed to just a good passer. But there's a lot more freedom and there's a lot more space for other guys to come in and pick up the slack and do different things, which then has a knock-on effect of opening up space for Jorginho again. So I'm not particularly concerned because it's not such a rigid system. The fact that he can bring in and change the formation and all the tactics completely mid-match is like night and day to sorry. So I think there's a couple of signings we need to do now that we can in January. A little annoyed. Left back, left back, left yeah. back, left back. A little annoyed that it's five days into January and we haven't gotten a left back or a keeper yet. But what are you going to do? Preaching to the choir. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's not an A by any means. Probably no. not even a B, maybe like a B minus. No. I'm going to give us for the festive fixtures because those two wins are feel really good and we're in a better place than we were. So that's, you know, that's a B minus to me. Yeah. See, I'm going to go C plus, which sounds better than B minus, even though it's lower. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I do see because what you mean. I think, I think the huge positive is, is that you beat Arsenal and you beat Tottenham in there. Yeah. Yeah. And like thoroughly beat them fully deservedly. Not even like a, we didn't Burnley them or anything. So. That feels good. Uh, next up, we have City before the break, or not the break, the festive fixtures. They were in first place on expected points. The tinsel window. Can we call it the tinsel the window? The tinsel window, yes. Sorry. Tinsel window. Uh, first place on expected points, third place on actual points, 14 behind Liverpool. Uh, now they are still in third place on actual points. Still 14 behind Liverpool and still in first place on expected points. 
with um, the with the again with the asterisk that Liverpool have a game in hand right. and are fourteen <laughs> points ahead yep. of Man City in third yep. in uh, January. Absolutely, and the big number for them is I guess, big. We're grasping at straws here, really, but they were still fifteen percent for the Premier League going into the fixtures, the holiday fixtures. They are now only three percent. Liverpool are ninety seven percent according to five thirty eight. So wow. The title race is truly done and dusted at this point, Yeah, I think. There was a brief glimmer of hope before Christmas, and now there is none whatsoever. But uh, how we f- how we feeling on, sp- on uh, City? Does it matter? Does it even matter how we feel about City? Does any of this matter? Not really. <laughs> Don't get existential on us, Chuck. Otherwise, yeah, we'll just pack the podcast in now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Man City are just going to be bothered about the Champions League now, aren't they? Gotta be. It's, Jesus it's, Christ! You know, the league is secondary now. They can, which we did, which we did say at the start of the year. I mean, albeit we yeah, were we very we, hot. we thought it'd be the other way though. We thought they'd have tried to have built up this cushion themselves. Mm, but this is just a Leicester-esque season. It's a weird season. You know, Liverpool have been good, but they haven't been that good. All things considered. Which seems mad with 19 <laughs> wins, one draw, it zero does. losses after yeah, 20 games. Right. It, you tr- yeah, 13 right. points clear of second. No losses in 2019. But it's just that the planets have aligned as well, that everyone's just kind of been crap at the same time. And Man City massively fall into that box. And I think you can say with some injuries, but you look at the second 11 they can put out and they should still comfortably be in second, if not competing with Liverpool's first 11. Yeah. And it just is just a bit of a collapse, but they, you know, they want the Champions League. They need the Champions League. But now, something we've said before is, you know, they wanted to get ahead enough that they could concentrate on it. Well, now Liverpool can do the same. And they won the Champions League last year, and they've won the Club World Cup. And if they're going to win the Premier League, and, you know, they got through in the FA Cup. They beat Everton, Everton's first team, with a team full of youth players. Yeah. Um, albeit with an absolute weldy. But hang on, we're on Man City here, aren't yeah. we? <laughs> yeah. But you're exactly right, because we said at the end of last season that City won the league and Liverpool won the Champions League, and both of them are looking at each other jealously. Yeah. And so wouldn't it be perfect if that's exactly what ends up happening this year? I mean, they are the two best teams in the world. Like... Full stop. Better than Barcelona. Better than Madrid. Better than Munich. They are the two best teams in the world. Well, I'd say Liverpool now. On again, this isn't a hot take, but Liverpool are the best team in the world. That's it. Without take aside the trophies and everything like that to back it up. If you watch the teams play, Barcelona having a crap season. Real Madrid having a crap season. Um, Bayern aren't really doing much. All the other European teams are in this weird slump of mediocrity as well. Yeah, exactly. PSG are never considered in the conversation because it's PSG. Mm. Um, Juventus, the Milan clubs, like none of them. 538, the same guys who do the Premier League predictions, they have a global global soccer club rankings that they do based off of like strength of schedule and they look at European competitions a lot too and they have like a lot of cool analytics, analytics going on in the background. And this week, for the first time, like... In, you know, however many, the modern era, since they've had data, Liverpool are the best team in the world. They finally passed Man City. And, and, I, and I think it's justified now. I, I, I don't disagree, yeah. Whether you think it's balance of play or whatever, that ultimately it has to be the results that you get. And that's what it makes sense. Otherwise, we end up with a FIFA ranking situation where none of it makes any sense. 
and you'll have world champions that are second, and it's a bit weird. But obviously, both of them do have... Oh well, all the fixtures are tough, really, in the Champions League, especially when it's all the big five teams that get through, but both of them have got the Madrid clubs. Um, so it will be very interesting to see how Liverpool come up against Atletico and Man City against Real, because uh, they're huge, huge fixtures early on. Yeah, absolutely. That that next round in the Champions League is going to be really good. There's a lot of good fixtures there. Amazing. We've got to wait till the end, like mid-February as well. So upsetting. More fixture congestion, please. Yeah. <laughs> More of it. More delicious football. Um, um, num, num. So let's so rich. Let's give City a grade then. What are we at? Only losing one game. But yeah, still crap. Because the manner in which they lost it, obviously, they went down to 10 men. Two goals up against Wolves. We couldn't stop him. No, and those three drop points massively destroyed any last semblance of a title chance hope that they had. And so to me, like, yeah, there was only one loss, but that's that's an F. It's the final nail in the coffin, you reckon? Exactly. F for final nail. If you if you ultimately, well, I mean, you could just say F for fail, um, because ultimately their goal of the season win the Champions League, uh, win the league again, defend the title for the third time. Failed. So yep. it's F and it's and it is those results against teams. I mean Wolves have done the double on them. Wolves have done the double on them. They've lost to Liverpool, fair enough. They lost to Man United, but of course Man United beat people that are above them. Um and then they lost to Norwich. Guys, let's not forget about little Norwich. Uh, the Canaries that, that did them way back when, and that was kind of the start of, oh, shit. And so since then, and this is what's really kind of un-City-esque, is that there's been no run of games of wins. Most wins in a row is three, which is which is not them. And, and even unbeaten, it's like four games, then a loss, two games, then a loss, three games, then a loss, three games, then a loss, two games, loss, two games. There's no consistent string so they've so they've just gradually been dropping 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 and dropping. That, that lack of league momentum is not going to help when it comes to the champions league oh i don't agree with that no no i at least this is you know obviously anecdotal but chelsea's best champions league seasons are inversely proportional to their league performances like we are when we're good in the champions league we are terrible you're not in winning it mate <laughs> you're not winning it i mean i'm getting strong 2012 vibes no. but like, yeah, yeah, well, shout out, shout out to the Bayern Twitter admin who uh, the second the Champions League draw came up was just like muting the words Drogba, May 19, <laughs> 2012. <laughs> like, and blocked my account, basically. Yeah, and blocked you, basically. Really? Yeah. No, not actually. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was genuine then. I thought you'd been trolling Bayern Munich. <laughs> no, Bayern Munich is the my original. Well, let's not get into that because then... All the English people were like, oh, you can't have two teams. It's like the Premier League wasn't on TV. All I could watch was the Bundesliga. Yeah, so pick the best team. In the Bund- yeah. They were the only team on TV, and I like German players. So, anyway. How does it feel, though, in the national team you follow got relegated again? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the, the heady days of the UEFA Nations Nations League. <laughs> I didn't, literally, I didn't know that that had happened. That's how little I care about the Nations League. So, uh, bullshit. <laughs> got relegated again. Okay. It's a Euros year, guys. It's a Euros year. That's true. It's Euros year, Wembley. It's not coming home. Well, the trophy <laughs> is coming home because the final's here. And then it will quickly go elsewhere. <laughs> That's a fact. Yes. <laughs> and then on the first flight to Germany. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, do we want to even. Oh, well, I guess I should give them a grade. I'm going to give City an F because. Okay. 
they lost to Wolves and like they destroyed any last chance they had of a title race. So truly and fully F for final nail or fail if you want to portmanteau abbreviate that. Yeah, yeah, F. Let's go to Liverpool then. Not much going on in the league for Liverpool. They just continue being Liverpool. Um, I think the most important thing that happened for them over the festive, the tinsel window. The, the tinsel window, thank yep. you. The tinsel yeah. window. Uh, is winning the Club World Cup, that prestigious trophy that everyone covets. Um, who did they play against in that? I don't, I, I don't I'm know. I'm sorry, but any, competi- any competition that has a fifth, sixth playoff can Does fucking really? do one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. Playoff. Genuinely couldn't tell point? you any of the other teams in that. Uh, Boca Juniors, probably? I don't know. Were they? Monterey was from the Comma Bowl. Then you had Al something from Asia. Then another team. No. Then another yeah, team. Then another two teams. <laughs> no one knows. Then you had Flamengo. Flamengo had a bye to the semi-final. Liverpool also had a bye to the semi-final as champions of South America and Europe, respectively. They then obviously won those games that they had because they're decent teams. And then they played each other and it went to penalty. No, extra time. Extra time. Firmino yeah. and extra time. Yeah. God, that was boring. So congrats to Liverpool on that. <laughs> yeah, that was good. <laughs> Trophy's a trophy. Yeah. No, and honestly, like, I don't, I think it's about time to ready, like, move on to Predictor League and listener stuff and all that. So I'm kind of getting bored of this conversation but um <laughs> liverpool and to be fair we've dropped in a lot of liverpool stuff and a hell of a lot of praise for liverpool yeah. after this i think you have to give them an a because they are like 97% for the title now yeah they couldn't it's have a, done anything else it, it's a plus it's a they it's couldn't absolutely have done anything a plus else. yeah and they are they are winning games in the way that leicester did as well that even when they're not playing their best even when not everything is clicking but you know, they're still spashing. And Firmino came in at the right time, you know, because there'd been a lot of doubts over him because he blanked for a while. And he just kind of picked up and, and started getting getting the goals in. The defence, they've started getting clean sheets all of a sudden. Yeah. Um, yeah. Alexander-Arnold and Robins, Robert, Robinson's, Robinson's cordial are just <laughs> uh, fighting water. tooth and nail to get ahead of each other in the assists. And, and obviously they're just having these absolutely stellar performances out of nowhere and having one man shows that just run everything. Yeah. And it's it's it is what it is. And I just wonder if if actually if if what is weird is because they're so far ahead, it actually you know, we've said before uh, the the inverse of this, which is right, at least we come to terms with them winning the league early so it's not you know, they they're not as insufferable. But does does it also take a bit of the sheen off it? when it's this early no and it's just done because it's just it's just like well we know we've won it so let's just get there like give us a trophy now with how long they've waited and with the at the same time inferiority and superiority complex that (laughs) liverpool fans they're a complicated bunch very complicated bunch (laughs) i can't see them being anything but through the moon it's just going to be a many months long party from here to the end of the season like i don't there's no way to take anything away from that I hope that when they win the Premier League, and I'm saying when now, it's not if, it's when, what happens is they take the trophy and they take a copy of the Sun newspaper in the middle of Anfield and they throw it in there, they set it on fire, <laughs> they pour in like 18 pints of lager and Jurgen Klopp's next to the whole just thing. Just does the lot, yeah. <laughs> just does the lot. Be beautiful. 
and then just shouts, fuck the sun. I do want to say for my own part that I've been the analytics guy and the like, oh, they're overperforming. They're 20 points over their expectation, blah, 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 blah. Like, And I'm sure people get a little frustrated with that being like, oh, you know, that's that's fake. Real In reality, they're great. I have to begrudgingly admit that it is very impressive. Underlying numbers or whatever the fuck else you want to talk about, like – Full stop, very impressive that they went an entire calendar year without dropping points or without losing. That's in- it's insane. It's insane that they haven't lost. And like they did, they are in first place and, you know, it's impressive in and of itself that they can continue to get results. If they, so inevitably, if they get to the end of this season without losing, you know, that's invincibles. Yeah. Right? But... They won more games last season, didn't they, than Arsenal had either side of theirs? Because Arsenal got to like 40-something games. Yeah. And I think Liverpool, didn't they win or go unbeaten in the the last 15 games last season? Or something stupid. So if they get to the end of this season, it's not only that they did Invincibles for a calendar year, but they did it for a season and they have the record for the longest win streak. Yeah, I mean, you're getting into pretty dominant status, aren't you? We are not worthy territory right there. Lesser are also oh, no. a club. I just remembered, sorry, it's just come to me now, and now I we'll have to leave it in. Liverpool with the League Cup, they lost because they had the game in Qatar the next day. Oh. So their entire their entire team was in Qatar. Was in Qatar, fair enough. And the day before the first match against whoever it was, yeah, that's whichever right. yeah. bin man team in, in Qatar, because naturally you, you go to Qatar as well, of course, follow the money, prep for the actual World Cup. Um... That yeah, they they played people that no one had ever heard of in the League Cup, and they lost five nil or five one to Aston Villa. There That's you go. right. Yeah, yeah. I didn't even Google that. You know what I use for that? Brain Google. There brain you go. Google. The brain Google. That's been a thing in my entire family around the holidays. Is is the old <laughs> brain Google? <laughs> it's been a thing in my life, buddy, yeah. and I'm I'm grateful for it. Leicester are also a team that played games and things happened. But let's go ahead and move on. Yeah. Nothing and nothing once of again, any interest. Once again, and this is this is mostly for Raf, uh, because I don't know any Watford fans. Uh massive shout out and the teams that aside from Liverpool, I think deserve A status for their festive periods are Southampton and Watford. Ten points out of twelve with that fixture congestion, the seasons they've had is nothing short of incredible. Yeah, and Southampton beat us and Spurs. And it shows that Southampton get to 12th and Watford get to 19th. How crap their seasons <laughs> have been when they get 10 points out of 12. Yeah. So good on them. All right, Chuck, hope you have a jingle what? ready. It's the pre-mix. Predict the league 2020, mother liquor. Uh, <laughs> coming at you with the season predictions. Yeah. Um, that was it. I didn't have more than that. <laughs> Not Very that. nice. Um <laughs> I went up to the mic as well, so it'll get all distorted and I'll be gangster. Was, was that M&M for a second? Do you have M&M at your house? <laughs> um, I have M&M's. <laughs> <laughs> did, uh, did your family invent those too? Or? Yep, yep. Um, I'm not even going to bother with the rest of the league. Ian, me and you, crap. Oh. Crap. I'm giving us D statuses uh, <laughs> for the festive period because we've gone... Tensor window. Absolutely nowhere. What I will say, top three, and there's a definitive top three, and Finley, you're not getting a mention where you are this week. Don't uh-huh. even care. You're not in the top three. That's all that matters. Dead to me. Spoiler alert, he's ahead of both of us. Okay, um, third place, Dave Mateo. Big ups. Lovely. 
to my main Aussie man. Stay safe out there, kids. Yeah. Um, fuck me. That is awful. Yeah. On a side note, horrendous what is going on. Really, and really, really sad. Fuck their government, twats. Yeah. And our government and your government, Oscar. Yep, all everybody. Of just everybody. The whole world is burning and bombing each other. Yeah. And just, anyway, who's in second? Second place. <laughs> He was Christmas number one. He's now dropped one place. Only Christmas number one for two weeks. Joe Bloom. That guy with the sausage rolls. Oh, sorry. Right. Oh, yeah. Right. Got you. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. Topical one there. For, yeah. I bet Oscar got that, definitely. Nope. Um, yeah, definitely did. And number one. <laughs> 2020 could be your year, Mr. Puente. Hey! Oscar. No. Top of the league. 56. Four points clear at the top. Using the old brain Google to put a team together. <laughs> That's the brain Google put your team together. You've had some pretty good movements, um, unlike Ian's movements. I was going to say, <laughs> and some terrible movements. <laughs> uh, to get your team uh, back up there, especially after last year. I mean, you, you know, you're helped by the fact that you're one of probably the only person who didn't put Sheffield United at 20th. So <laughs> that definitely I helps. told you their system was going to be hard to figure out. I told you guys. Incorrect. Incorrect. It is your lack of knowledge of any team outside the Premier League that led you to go, well, it's definitely Newcastle and Norwich going down. Yeah, Villa. And oh no, wait, what's this team I've got left? Okay, they'll fit there. That's what happened. <laughs> Don't give me any of your rubbish. I'm just, for the record, I did go back and listen to bullshit. our preview pods and our predictions for the big six were scarily on point. We said yeah. all of the things that have been happening about Man United's defense getting better, but they are not going to have an attack. Arsenal and Spurs, we said Pochettino was going to lose the dressing room and it was going to fuck Spurs over. We said Arsenal are shit and they still have Emery and they don't have they, they just have their heads mm-hmm. up their assholes. I said, and I convinced Ian of it, and he was on board by the end of the episode as well, that we had enough depth at Chelsea and enough good times at Frank. Oh, and I, remember. I remember. That we were going to get third. Looks like that's no one predicted Leicester, but what are you going to do? And I said Sheffield were going to be good. I said Sheffield. I said none of the promoted teams would get relegated and then I backed off of that. But yeah. I did say Sheffield were going to be good. Yeah, I specifically said when questioned about how their system's going to work. And I remember this. I haven't listened back how their system's going to work in the Premier League. And I verbatim said, well, it won't. <laughs> <laughs> it just won't. Yeah, it's getting yeah. really awkward walking around with all this egg on my face. Yeah, um, must be, must be. I mean, as much as I do give you plaudits, Oscar, for doing really well, you're doing that well, but with Arsenal predicted as third. So, cool. despite Arsenal being predicted as yeah, yeah, but geez. I think, but I think looking into that, that's the emotional hedge from your bet with Adam P about <laughs> the Chelsea Arsenal bet of which one's going to correct. Go about that is exactly like. correct. Yes, because I put them third in the predictor league, and then I spent the entire episode talking about how they weren't going to be third, and Chelsea were going to be third. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I, I don't really think it's that episode. I think it's the last, <laughs> the last five months. <sighs> I hope Adam has his Spurs jersey picked out and ready to go. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, because actually, wait, what's the difference? So if we're saying for Liverpool, the league is done and they're thirteen points ahead, and Chelsea are nine points ahead. Oh. Nine points ahead, but they'd have to leapfrog a bunch of teams, which is like you can catch one team in the table, you can't catch five teams. One of those teams above them is not going to drop that many points. I mean, one of those teams above them is Palace. (laughs) Meaning there's going to be one of those six teams that is going to continue to stay above them, at least. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, that's why it's 3%. It's not because it's so many points. It's because it's so many teams in the way. Yeah, true. True. But yes, that's the Predictor League. 
Uh, what's next? It's been so long. FPL. FPL. Oh fuck! I don't have, have we made transfers over the break. You made them. Oh, that's right. One of mine won. Well, well we we all just went. Yeah, that's that's fine. Yeah. And I'm shitting myself Ian. inside out. So yeah, Ian, just do that. Ian was just trying to hold his insides within himself. That's a hollow victory. And Ian I've, was I a was hollow a victory. Hollow. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think we ended up doing, what did we do? Ch- Chilwell and Abraham to Trent, because we didn't have Trent, fuck's sake. Yeah, and, that's, um, that's not been else? fun for me, getting no. rid of him before that Liverpool blank. I was like, yes, that won't matter. Oh, wait, <laughs> he's going to well, do everything, everything. They're going to win 4-0 and he's going to do everything. All of the things, <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, Bastard. a lot of people got rid of him, to be honest, rather than get rid of a Liverpool midfielder. But mm. what can you do? We had to get him back. And then we did Abra- to make the money, we did Abraham to Calvert-Lewin, which feels like a good move at the minute. So Yeah. Yeah, mm. we did those in, in lieu of... Because we all agreed with that, so we didn't put a poll it out. Was, but... It was very hard, especially with... Uh, was it 18-19, the game weeks on 19-20, when it was... 26th, 27th, 28th, 29th was two game yeah. weeks. And I think yeah. I reminded you of that or, or someone in the me- in messages like on WhatsApp that people were like, oh, holy shit, there, there is literally 14 hours gap between game weeks. Yeah. Um, mad. This this needs to change. Like We haven't spoken about this fixture congestion, but just doing something because you've always done it is a daft principle. It's also the most <laughs> English thing I can think of. None of your government parliament system makes any fucking sense because it's not 1428 or whatever i mean glass houses mate well yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. i know but we're not talking about us (laughs) right now the electoral college is is really bag up today isn't it oh god (laughs) but worse i don't want to talk about the electoral college (laughs) uh, yeah no politics for god's sake this was literally conversation one yeah (laughs) no politics we've got to be on that anyway brexit but Is that why our FPL team's gone bad? Brexit. Oh, yeah. Hashtag Thatcher's Britain. Um, Thatcher. Do you know there's a Twitter account that just tweets every day going, yep, she's still dead? Is there really? <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. That's, it's just like, that's she's still dead. Up, but that's funny. Yeah. Oh, dear. Like bad. So what are we doing with our FPL team then? Have we got any suggestions? Go on, Oscar, you've had say... a couple, Oscar, you've had a couple of good wins. Go for it. I'm going to say Deli Alley because everyone's hopping off that train. To give me one second to sort by transfers in. Oh, don't do that! Don't do that! I'm no, it's, you it's... have no idea how I'm still so annoyed at you <laughs> for doing your gamesmanship. Uh, no, actually, uh, Madison, to... we need to get Madison back in because he's good. Oh, you've changed your team, bloody hell! Well, he's in good form. I brought him into my team. I think I don't know. I have I kind of have stopped paying attention a little bit to FPL, but if I didn't, I'm gonna. <laughs> Ian, we've wilted at the wrong time. And I feel like we've allowed Oscar far too much power to kind of actually enact changes and get things into this team. Oh, yeah, because well, now he's got the password. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now I can log in and see what fucking transfers <laughs> we can afford and click around with stuff. And I'm like, Hang oh. on, you gave, you gave him the password? Because I didn't give him the password. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, he had he, he was constantly embarrassing himself by coming on here and making suggestions that weren't valid because he didn't know how much money we had. What's wrong with that? Well, yes, Guys, so. it wasn't that hard to guess the password. It was just taco. <laughs> Your favourite food. But, um, yeah, so, yeah, sorry, he's got the password now, so he can ruin it all for us. But, okay. 
Um, have you got a suggestion, Chuck, for a transfer? I am in two minds. One's really boring and one is out there. Dude, go out there. It's 2020, baby. All right, wild card. Ooh. I hate this team. I hate it. Wow. With the fury oh, of a thousand God, have we got to put... Oh, my because God. Because of right. how many balls ups that have meant that Oscars actually enacted changes. Damn it. We are <laughs> deaf. That is going to be the thing that gets voted for because it's such a like... I want wildcard. I want Pope out. I want Aurier out. I want Willems out. I want Tamori out. I want Marshall out. I want Ali out. Triore out. Like, why do you want Martial out? Martial was good. Because reasons. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I just got mad. There were too many changes that I was looking at. No one ever goes for points it, so I'm going wild card. Because I just think there are so many things that we need to fix in that team at once that there's enough that you could justifiably look at that team and go like, there's four transfers we need. And so I think if you're going above three, you need to you need to be wild carding. That's going to be what wins. Okay, well, look, we need to put this poll out early then because if 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 wildcard wins, we need time to then wildcard, wildcard. it with because and and we're also only wildcarding with one free transfer. So if we if we end up rolling a transfer, then then there's no point. But I'm going to say wildcard. Okay, fine. We need to put this poll out early then. Fine. Um, I was just going to go for oh God. It's the anti Chuck. I was just going to go Tamori to Brighton's Webster. Just because uh, Tamori's been, I know, like it couldn't be, it couldn't sound more fucking dull now, could yeah. it? But Ian, I'll vote for yours so it gets at least one vote. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> Wildcard's gonna win. There's no way that Twitter, the most hot takey, like, yeah, you know, twitchy yeah, place right. on fucking earth, isn't gonna vote for Wildcard. Okay, so we need to make the four things then: uh, Ali to Madison, uh, Wildcard, Tamori to Webster, and roll the transfer. Right. And then we'll come up with some way of managing the wild card. I can't remember how we did the last one, but we've got five. Ah, oh, Friday game week. Yeah, Oof, we don't have it? a lot of days. So I will put. So by the time you're listening to this, the poll will already be basically done. We'll either be wild card in, or we'll have that sweet Webster transfer done. This is Heisenberg's wild card. No, Schrodinger's wild card. Schrodinger's wild card. Yeah. <laughs> the Heisenberg uncertainty principle. And, yeah, yeah, I was going to. You're mixing up the science there. Yeah, we were watching a thing on YouTube about theoretical... Well, whatever. No one cares. <laughs> okay, something about cats. I don't know. There's been a lot of cats in bags cats. going on. There's a cat in a bag and not in a bag. Yeah, And but you don't, don't know until what, Santa arrives. Whatever you do, don't fuck with it. If I don't look at this wild card, then it's not really happened. Sure. Yeah, don't add fuel to the fire. <laughs> How dare you watch a documentary about it? It's your fault. No, love. This happened years ago. It's your fault. And the guy that killed the people. Oh, dear. Yeah. It gets darker when you think that we're joking about it, but yeah. Yeah. I have no idea what you guys are talking about, but <laughs> every sentence you say sounds crazier. I don't actually want to know. It's just, there's a cat and now there's a murder. Yeah. I, I am also very aware that the last time I went off on one about a Netflix documentary on this podcast, it went badly for me. <laughs> you ended up going down there fully ready to suck his dick. <laughs> I needed that water. I needed that water. <laughs> I went down there. I was fully ready to suck his dick. Oh, I love that guy. <laughs> I bet you do. You had the water. <laughs> I had a case of Evian. Written <laughs> <laughs> it. Right, well there you go, baby. We're back. <laughs> Um, fixtures before damn it I almost I that was ready to go then um, Friday night game week as I've said now FPL nerd 7 o'clock Friday 10th of January what is the game 
Sheffield United, West Ham. Why are they Ooh, always that, shit? That mighty battle of champions. Oh, that's all right. It might be a good game, actually. I think Sheffield United being involved yeah. is better. Sure. And obviously a lot of people have a lot of FBL assets there as well. And now they've got the West Ham have got the winner, Moyes, in charge. Yeah. They'll just get them running more again. That's all they need to do. Running more. Mm. Um, then Saturday morning, Adam P. Fuck me if we lose that. Jesus Christ. You hear that, Adam? That's an invitation. If you win, you can go to Chuck's house and you can fuck him. Mm. <laughs> just bring the water. He's got some flavoured water. <laughs> just bring the water, yeah. Um, yeah, I'll forgive a lot of things if we win that game. So You literally said, Adam P., if we lose, fuck me. <laughs> Those were the words you said in that order. I just, oh, I just want to point that out. Yeah, Just putting that out there. The, it, the heart wants what the heart wants. <laughs> yeah. Ah, there you Speaking go. Speaking of all, there you go. Spit take. Thank you. Uh, Don't waste water, mate. Chelsea. It all leads back to water. Um, Chelsea, Burnley, Everton, Brighton, Leicester, Southampton, Man United, Norwich, Wolves, and Newcastle. See, there, there's actually a lot of games that are quite competitive and they're buried in that stupid three o'clock slot. Uh, it means then we get to watch Spurs, Liverpool over in the UK uh, late on Saturday. Then Sunday morning, we get to see Bournemouth-Watford. What's the point? Mm. What's the point? No one cares. Well, I suppose Watford will win, so that's good for them. And yeah, then, Watford might not be in a relegation race if they keep this up. Uh, well, obviously, they got they got 10 points out of the last 12, and they're in 19th. However, if they get one more win, they'll go to 17th. Protect, like, Well, because Bournemouth are above them as well, actually, yeah. So if they win, they go to 22. So they gain a place, whatever happens, and then they are three points away from like 13th, potentially, which is mad. Um, good old Newcastle losing all their games out of the last five, apart from against Palace. And the last game of this game week, Aston Villa, Man City. Football's back. Oh, hang on, it never left. The football never left. We left, we left. for a bit. That's right. And we're sorry about that. We missed you. We did. We yeah, feel bad. I've missed this. But Ian, you know, it wasn't nice. It you wasn't. were very gracious. You didn't send many graphic messages. I sent quite a lot of graphic messages when I was, <laughs> which was hilarious because I kind of man flewed it because I was like just bad for like two, three days, whereas for you it was like a week. Yeah. Um, and Oscar's just still Oscar, really. So you too know, busy watching Star Wars over and over. There's again. no cure for that. Yeah, can you? Can we just because I'd like to put it out that this is weird that. Star Wars had been out for three days, and you you'd seen it three times. Yes, and that's, <laughs> like that's it. I'm surprised you're surprised. I don't see. Does not compute. What do you mean? No, no, that that kind of fits, and uh, that's that's number wang. Um, <laughs> thank you very much for listening once again, guys. It's been fantastic to record with you. Say goodbye, Ian. Bye, bye, Oscar. May the force be with you. <laughs> and vote wildcard. Oh. Chuck out. Thank you very much. Take care. Bye bye. <sighs>
2010, maybe. I'm very curious to hear what this story is about to be. Yeah, I worked at a porn festival for like three days. Um, It was at a big exhibition centre. It was at uh, Kensington Olympia. And just like making cocktails and stuff like on a little bar there. Is this when you were still known as Ziggy Butt Dust? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, (laughs) And uh, yeah, so we were there and obviously there's there's some... We were next to a burlesque stage, which was really good because we kept getting to see the shows. But then we were right across uh, kind of the walkway from the adult baby section. (laughs) And so there's all these people looking at like reinforced buggies and reinforced cots and uh, then round the corner like on our way to the toilets was just a massive butt plug stand where they like went up in grades like it was like the horrifier the intimidator (laughs) the penetrator like just aggressive words like that it was a amazing hilarious experience so which which one did you buy (laughs) It won't be so bad. Never you mind. But this was in the days it, it did not have uh, bass boost capabilities, is what I'm going to say. <laughs> no, no Bluetooth, no. yeah. What's that channel you guys have with like the naked girls that you can call because you're lonely and sad? Babe Station Babe is Station. the Babe most Station. well-known. They definitely have some like remote-controlled anal <laughs> subwoofers or something for the babes <laughs> on the Babe Station. <laughs> the right? like, that's like an add-on you can get. I don't know how it works, but I'm assuming what? it they has accessories. Go, Hang on a minute, babe. I just want to listen to some music. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then for like a dollar, you can choose what song it is or whatever. Get the bass up so high and just watch their butt cheeks wiggle. <laughs> yeah, there you go. 